0: That's true. Yeah, that's the thing that has been really interesting is that it's like I don't know. I don't know, Callie. Do you want to talk about? um, Hi, this is Tolkien with friends. I just started it. Nice, yay! (laughs) But we were we're in a groove. So um, you know, we're always trying to send people to the Discord. You know, if you're listening to this, it is the coolest place on the internet. But Callie, you are really our queen of the Discord. (laughs) So I'm just I'm just trying to think back like how did that happen? You know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. I don't know. I just remember you messaging me like, "Do you want to join it?" And I was like, "Sure thing."
1: <laughs> Anything for <Yeah>. Callie.
0: <laughs>
2: it happened really fast, and it's kind of out of um, it's kind of out of the ashes of fire awoke story. Mm. Um, so I was um, having a lot of trouble. Um, posting my cosplays or just trying to exist in my cosplays as a person of color. And I was getting, like, not formally banned because everyone knows that's not a good look. But I was not being encouraged and being told that, quote unquote, spam filters were you know, deleting my posts, but really it was the mods and stuff, and I was, like, so discouraged, and I was, like, what Tolkien community is there out there for me? Um, Is is there any at all? Like, where, how can I how can i experience my love for tolkien in like a safe and and enjoyable way and it just didn't seem like there were any communities out there that existed that were as progressive as you know i would like or at as a very minimum accepting of me um without questioning my presence there uh just off the bat because of how i look uh so i hopped on uh live uh with Uh, knew better do better and uh, I don't even remember what he was talking about but I was distraught and I was just there and I was in tears and he was telling me like no keep doing your cosplays your cosplays are great and you know you know he just tell the haters to go sit and spin and (laughs) he was really trying to encourage me and prop me up and and so um I was very new to Discord and kind of online communities in general. I didn't know anything about them, (laughs) but I I, I, I knew that they existed. And so I just took the plunge one day and I said, "Willie has like the star power and the charisma to like bring people in and attract people. Um, But I feel like I I do the everyday work and and sort of the housekeeping um, that keeps people Uh, So that's why I think we make such a good team. Uh, And so we made the Discord, and he got all of his people into it, and then I just started. Um, I think you guys were followers of New Better, Do Better first, right? And then Mm -hmm. um, that's sort of his his Lord of the Rings community and my cosplayer community have sort of come together. Um, And it's been awesome, but yeah, that's how the Discord... Very long story, how the Discord came to be. It was, um, we were feeling, a lot of us, it turns out, were feeling lost because of the state of the Tolkien communities.
0: Yeah, and I feel like there was like a, I mean, that huge flare-up, like, what was it, February late January I mean yeah. you know when they were like Whoa, black elves blah, blah, blah. like they just like imploded <laughs> on themselves you know what I mean yeah. um, and, and it was like inescapable um, for everybody I feel like and so I mean I think I remember that live maybe um, I was just and yeah and then you know obviously knew but it's like go follow Callie and I'm like you got it um. Yeah, Nick. When wow. did you join the the Discord?
1: I, okay, so last night because I'm a freak and wake up at two thirty in the morning and can't go back to sleep, so I do weird things like scroll back to my first like on TikTok or something.
2: No, crazy you did. <laughs> like oh my god! I tried.
1: I like too many things. I'm <laughs> discovering. Um,
2: oh wow! Oh but, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah! Yeah. But uh, I was just trying to like. I think I was talking about this in the discord um, like how weird time is with social media. So I was just trying to get a hand on like how long have I known these people that I feel very close to and like a real kindred kinship with. Mm -hmm. And I think it was, I think Willie had a live for a trivia team he was putting together. And it was like early April. I went on his first live that he did it where formerly glam during now the bard of arda one and i was like okay i gotta make sure i'm there on tuesday i don't care that i'm working like i'm just gonna like not schedule any meetings during that time and be on the live and be present so i can hopefully win and i did and then i of course joined the discord and here we are freaking five months later crazy it feels like i've known you guys a lot longer
0: yeah that is wild. Yeah,
2: it does um, That trivia event was really an excellent way to kick off the community. I didn't so know great. it at the time. It was just this crazy idea that I had because um, I know I knew that New Better Do Better did a lot of um, trivia on his lives. And people right. really seemed to like that a lot. So mm-hmm. I was like, hey, let's just make it a bigger event. And he was totally down for that. Um, and then, yeah, I think that's how... Um, his trivia team, anyway. You and uh, Nick, you were on that team, of mm-hmm. course. And you guys studied and you quizzed each other, and <laughs> you came together in a way that I have n- I've not seen adults do like that. <laughs> Gee, thanks. <laughs> that is incredible. Like you, like you guys, just yeah. I don't know. I've I've never I've never seen a group of s- six grown people like just gel so well and work so well and mm. never argue and it was i know right really the
1: closest is like bickering about like how we read a line which is great because then you're not even fighting it's just like cool i disagree with someone on something we both are passionate about and so it's an actual debate of ideas rather than shouting at each other which is what you see in tiktok comment threads for example mm-hmm. like i don't know i was avoiding the comment thread of the video that willie just stitched that was like complaining about um knew better just stitch i should say um uh-huh. complaining about um the peter jackson
2: that article
1: that, the quote yeah, that came out which peter jackson apparently doesn't even really care he just told someone that that happened that he got ghosted by amazon which i'm like
0: And he didn't even say it like that. He didn't. They phrased
1: it as ghosting.
0: (laughs) I didn't. I commented on it like almost immediately. And then like I was like, I don't need to. I don't want to know what happens after this. I know, know,
1: right? (laughs) I know. And yeah, as as Newbeta said, the comment thread on the original video was a hot dumpster fire. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm avoiding that because I don't know. It's it's I'm trying to give more people the benefit of the doubt that they're coming to this with like the teensiest bit of exposure to other creators thoughts. Like Mm. they're not all sitting like us analyzing it all day, every day, like probably should be doing more of our actual jobs and things like that. But nope, I I know. (laughs) (laughs) But my, my point is, like, a lot of these folks probably heard, like, one thing that got yeah. their hackles up, and then they're they're jumping they into a comic thread. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think everyone's malicious. There are definitely some really racist and white nationalist trolls in those comic threads, and they should be stopped. Um, yeah. I almost said put down. I'm not arguing for violence <laughs> here. But, um, yeah. You know Corrected. what I mean? Corrected. Corrected. Exactly. Which... <laughs> Nubita does a great job of. I think the rest of us do a great job of of not just like piling on, like trolling the troll. Well, yeah. one one of our friends does that very expertly. <laughs> game, but, um, <laughs> if you know, you know. You know who um, you
0: are.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Now we'll find out if he actually
2: listens to the podcast. There you go. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> Easter egg just to find out who our real friends are. There you go. <laughs>
2: That's so
1: (laughs) cool. But my jokes aside, my point is we act in our comment thread interactions the way we do in the Discord, which is to make an uplifting and friendly and safe place for people. And when we see people counteracting that, we we get reasonably heated. I don't think we're, like, being assholes, but, you know.
2: We, mean, have we have an immense capacity to. to be if we want to, which is very oh, yes. funny when that happens. But we are also able to make our points eloquently and support each other and help and help each other make better points. Um, yes. Which is, yeah. yeah which, that I, reminds me of a video. <laughs> I, same,
1: same. It reminds me of a video you did, Andy. Uh, I think you stitched something I made about like critical thinking with how oh, we're right. looking at this stuff. And that's like such an important conversation to keep doing. And honestly, I'm glad we're talking about the two chapters we are because they're so like dense with drama. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It felt like felt weirdly poignant to be talking about these two chapters for some reason, because they're like they're dark. They're dark uh, moments in the story.
0: They sure are. They really are. So, okay, so maybe with that, maybe I'll do, like, my, my real intro. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. I hope you were having fun with that. Um, <laughs> but now, truly, welcome back to Tolkien with Friends. And I also just wanted to remind everyone that Anna is out on maternity. Um, as of this recording, no baby yet. But probably by the time you hear this, there will be baby Anna. Um,
1: baby Anna.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, she refuses to reveal the sex or the name to me until baby is here so uh, I'm not salty about it uh, even though she did tell me she would tell me and that I would keep it a secret but no it's a secret from all even her husband
2: wow (laughs) okay
0: (laughs) but love her light of my life Um, uh, so she is out the moon of my
1: stars as she would say
0: Yeah, I mean, that's why we have uh, this tattoo. We have this matching, like, sun-moon thing on the back of our arms. That's so Um, cute. Yeah. So, if I like you enough, I'll get a best friend tattoo with you. That's what. also, my cousin and I have the same floral. Oh, sick. That's so cool. I just can't stop. I'm just like, you want to do it? Are you down? (laughs) Um, But, while she is learning to mom the role of co-host would have been left open. Um, But this is called Token with Friends, and friends being plural, and, like, so I I always want to have multiple people. Uh, And so I'm so excited to welcome Callie Cosplay as our co-host while Anna is away. Callie, thank you so much for stepping in and helping me out. I am and joining so, the team. I'm so excited to be here and I'm so excited to go on this
2: podcast journey with you. I've been I, I get to listen to it and now I get to
0: be part of it and I am Aww. very excited. I know, and I just get to see this face every week. Yay! So. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, we are also joined today by Nick, a.k.a. Fornos42 on TikTok. You may remember Nick from our previous or bonus episode from uh, where we talked about Rings of Power and the House of the Dragon trailers. But we're so glad to have him back to discuss Lord of the Rings. Welcome back, Nick.
1: Thanks for having me, Uh, y'all. Super excited to talk more in depth about Tolkien with you.
0: Yeah, Yeah. it's going to be a good time. And just like we were saying, we've got some heavy chapters here. (laughs) Um, so we've got the Pyre of Denethor and the Tower of Kirithungal. I feel like I can't unhear the way Faramir in the movie says, Kirithungal. Like, that's how it sounds in my brain.
1: <laughs> Kirithungal, is that yeah. his name? And
0: then he's John. Yeah, oh, it's like and, that's, <laughs> and the same thing is true of, like, the way John Rhys-Davies says, the muil I can't, yeah. i oh, You know what I'm saying. Yes. Um, so there's, last... correct,
1: there's correct pronunciation, and there's
0: that. <laughs> I love it. I yep. <laughs> love it so, yep. um, so last time we discussed the Battle of the Polynor Field and really focused on Eowyn's fight with the Witch King, because obviously... Um, so Why would you talk
1: about anything else?
0: <laughs> I know. I mean, there was no room. There was no room to talk about you, Thor. So we had to skip <laughs> over the Pyre of Denethor section of the movie so now we're like going back to that today and we'll also get to see what's been going on with Frodo and Sam since the last time we saw them Frodo had been captured by orcs and Sam wasn't quite sure what to do Dun-dun. so if you are looking for timestamps, we're a little bit all over the place this time um, we've never really had to do it like this before you know usually we just stop and start uh, but you've got like at two hours and 31 minutes in Pippin finds Gandalf to tell him that Denethor has lost his mind and then, you know, we have the Witch King scene where he breaks Gandalf's staff, which we all know I hate. And then. Um, oh, from... good. We don't have to
1: talk about that for 20 minutes how much no, we hate the breaking it, of the staff. It's already, <laughs>
0: already done it. <laughs> I got that out of my notebook here. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and then from 2 hours 36 minutes and 41 seconds to 2 hours 58 minutes and 33 seconds is the confrontation with Denethor. And then wow. um, a few. Or I think it's 2.38 to 2.30, 2.36 to 2.38. I think it's only like two minutes long. Yeah, I was going to say 20 minutes is
1: a long time.
0: So it it overlaps with uh, like the, I was overlapping my timestamp. So it's like 2.36 to 2.38 Uh, basically. And then we've got some post-battle scenes in the Tower of Kirith Ungol from 2.55 to 3.03 or 3.04 Mm -hmm. basically. Yeah, So you're ending your movie about three hours in. I don't know if anybody is doing that while they're listening to this, but you could, you could based on this information. So, okay. So now I'm giving it to you. Yeah. I'm just, (laughs) you know, if you want to check to see what happens, if you want to remind yourself, there you go. Um, Mm -hmm. So now we have to go all the way back to when Gandalf confessed to the Winch King, which is, you know, the movie combines this with Pippin telling Gandalf about Denethor losing his mind by doing this, though, we lose Gandalf's concern that if he saves Faramir, others will die instead. Mm-hmm. You know, he was just about to ride out to battle to face the Witch King, and that's when Pippin is like, "Can't you save him?" And he's like, "Uh, I guess, but yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I had other stuff on my list." <laughs> um, but obviously, Gandalf thinks that it's the right thing to do even though he, you know you see him have kind of a moment where he's like at first he's like whatever Pippin Pippin's like no for real this guy's gonna burn his kid and himself alive and he's like okay that that's not good um we're gonna go check that out yeah um and so then Gandalf and Pippin right up to Rath Dinan is that how mm-hmm. you should say that and it, it's like the mausoleum for the kings and stewards like everybody be buried there well not buried it's like a street mm-hmm. i don't really know how to picture this place but i think yeah. that the way the movies does it is good yeah
1: it's pretty good um yeah I, I think i don't have it within arm's reach but uh atlas of middle earth has a little breakdown of the top mm. of Tirith, and it includes that oh, okay. um it's not a hundred percent canonical. It, I mean, this is a section where he does give us a decent amount of detail and there's some other sources that have detail too. So like the movies did a decent job. I think it's a little bigger than yeah. kind of one building that.
0: Right. Cause it it calls all happens it a, it's like inside. So it's on the sixth level
1: mm-hmm. There's
0: seven levels of ministry It's on the sixth level and it's like in the mountain.
1: Yeah. Or towards and, it. Anyway. Right. Yeah.
0: And it's, It's big enough to have streets, but I think all of these streets have little tombs on them. Right. Yeah, and so Denethor's setting up a nice little spot for him and Faramir to not be buried in, but to uh, just go up in flames. Um, Actual cray-cray. Like, this is, like, so unhinged. Um, (laughs) Before he... And, like... Before I was doing this like back to back comparison, I really had it in my brain that like movie Denethor was slightly worse than book Denethor, Mm. but I I don't know why, but no, Denethor is the worst in the book. Can, I mean, he absolutely loses it at this moment.
1: He does.
2: But we get an explanation in the book, whereas I feel like in the movies we don't.
0: Yeah. But I'm just thinking of the moment... Okay, so, Gandalf and Pippin arrive. Um, Both versions, Denethor thinks Faramir is dead at this point already. Mm -hmm. Um, In the movie, the pyre is already burning, and Gandalf and Pippin have to act super quickly to get Faramir out of there, and, you know, uh, Shadowfax only kicks Denethor onto the fire because Denethor is trying to, like, beat up Pippin, right? Right. Um, And so... But in the movie, when he sees Faramir's eyes open, the way John Noble acts it, it's like that moment he realizes his son's alive and like he re- like a twinge of regret and like, oh, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. But your boy's already on fire, so nothing he can really do. Like he runs, you know, and off the cliff, I guess you could. I don't even know. Yeah. What a little pointy in the ship. Which of.
1: didn't even make sense because, as you said, it's on the sixth level, not the seventh. Um, <laughs> and that is, like, two football fields long. <laughs> like, whether, whether you're talking soccer or American football, that's a long-ass way to run when you are on fire. Like, so true. <laughs> so ridiculous.
0: But they're but, like, I really want this flaming boom as yep. we, like, zoom out onto the battlefield. <laughs> yeah.
1: Which was nice and dramatic, but, like, how Very it ends dramatic. in the book with, like... All drama. <laughs> I'm on fire. They lock me in the... Or they close the door on me. I'm mm-hmm. on fire. And then the building it's in collapses. Like, that's pretty dramatic, too.
0: Yeah. So, you know, that's just... We have two collapsing structures in, in these chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to that, I promise. Uh, but, yeah, so in the book he, when he realizes that, like, he hears, it's not just seeing Faramir open his eyes, he hears Faramir, like, call out, like, he says something, he, like, moans, um, and Denethor is just so, like, well, you've already, the way he says it, thou hast already stolen half my son's love, not really sure how Denethor got that, but okay, and I know, and it's, it just makes me think that Anna definitely called it when she said Denethor seemed insecure like a couple, a few episodes ago when we first met him. Yes. Um, because now we have, thou stealest hearts of my knights also, so that they rob me wholly of my son at the last. But in this at least thou shalt not defy my will, to rule my own end. Um, and, you know, he does get a couple of goons to light him on fire mm-hmm. while he's holding on to to do your life with that palantir palantir i can't say it right but he's holding on to that scene stone oh yeah (laughs) and going to end just you know saying peace out um
1: and that section is like way longer than the movie would make you need you to believe which i love because it's a great example of like mid-drama mid like decent amount of action we're getting actual world building like you Mm -hmm. think the world building would kind of be done by the third novel of a trilogy or not done but you know what i mean like not like we're getting some foundational stuff like where the other palantir palantiri are Mm -hmm. like you kind of didn't know that entirely and then you find out like denethor had one they've seen this light glowing and it's just this like to me it's like an epic uh like an X-Men reveal or like a like a Superman reveal like the dastardly deeds of the, of the villain. I don't think Denethor is a villain. I think he is like spoiler alert for Rings of Power. Um not that I know how the show is going to do it, but if they're anything faithful to the source material, mm-hmm. Denethor is like a microcosm of what happens to Númenor as a whole.
0: Oh, I love that. And Expand I like, on that for folks that aren't yes. super familiar with the what rings of power we'll be covering.
1: So mm-hmm. in Numenor, they essentially, like I'm going to like way oversimplify this, yeah. but in Numenor, by the end of the Second Age, the Numenorian, the Kingsmen, they're called, are obsessed with death and or not dying to mm-hmm. the point that they go try to invade Valinor, Haman, the Undying Lands, the lands don't grant you immortality. That's just where immortal people live. But Mm -hmm. Sauron convinces them that through worshiping Morgoth and going and trying to cap capture this land, they will somehow become immortal. During that there's all this obsession. Like Gandalf has a great line about despair being Mm -hmm. like only for those who see the end without any doubt. Right. That end is bad. And like, Numenor is that on like a massive scale, on like a full political scale. And so Mm. I just see Denethor as this horribly sad, tragic figure. Obviously did some real bad shit, clearly. I mean, like he was about to uh, commit suicide and what's the patricide, not patricide, but like child. Oh. You know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Um, Offspring murder. Usually Um,
2: usually infanticide, but (laughs) I think... Yeah, yeah, infanticide,
1: but with a 30-year-old man. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's older than that, but... uh, But part of the reason that's a microcosm of the whole Numenor trope is Denethor and Faramir are much more of the like noble lineage Mm -hmm. than Boromir. Like Boromir has the same bloodline as the two of them, but he acts more like the middlemen that Faramir talks about. in, I think it's the window on the West when he talks about that. Um, And it's just so cool to see the diverging, like the nobility of Faramir. Like mm-hmm. I would not pick this thing up if I found it on the highway versus Denethor succumbing to despair because of the influence of not just Sauron, but like the acquisition of power in and of itself, vis-a-vis like using the Palantir to see what's going on around the world, potentially see what he thinks is the future, right. but as a manipulation.
0: Right. Sauron. It's, it's, you know, we think about it, if um because of who Denethor is, you know, the, I think that he was probably going to fall more easily to the Palantir than, like, if Faramir had been the one to, like, hang on to it. Or, right. like, I mean, obviously Aragorn or, you know what I mean? But, like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: because... How do, how do I want to describe Denethor? Because, like, of course there is the loss of his wife, you know, the mother of his children, which I think did affect him deeply on.
1: yeah
0: and but the way that denethor has chosen or like has handled his grief and it's almost just like he becomes more self-centered you know what i mean like he's not like he's he's leading us people but like we're seeing and he's done things to keep Gondor, you know, to keep evil at bay, in a sense. Yeah, but totally. it, it the, the fact that... He, I think he's just too arrogant to understand that Sauron doesn't... Sauron is not showing you everything, dude. Like, he is doing it... He's manipulating you. That's right. the name of the game for him, you know? He doesn't have to come out and kick your ass on the battlefield if you have already admitted defeat you know
1: thank and that's, you. Yes. and that's
0: essentially what we see happen here um why Gandalf has to lead I mean in the book you know we've got more Imrahil and we've got more you know other people helping Gandalf but he Denethor essentially is like whatever it's over and Gandalf is like absolutely not that that's ridiculous you know
1: right yeah yeah
0: so by him having, the, you know, he he, ta- he obviously has learned some things from it. And it probably, you know, at first it probably did help Gondor, you know, in oh, yeah. some ways. But the, I feel like, and you can see it in like a tiny way with Pippin, like he he's like obsessed with it for a minute, you know, like until mm-hmm. that temptation is taken away. But it never is from Denethor because Denethor is keeping it a secret. You know, mm. I think there's something about the, you know, the the where it's like, you you want to keep looking, like, you kind of can't help yourself if you don't have that really strong, like,
1: will, will. or like, not reason, yeah.
0: reason not to look, you know?
1: Right. Which gets into, this is way deeper than you get just in the book, but um, in the essay, Osanwe Kenta, which was republished in uh, Nature of Middle Earth, that's where we learn about basically the telepathy of the elves, the Mm. Valar, and some more noble men have this ability to cut. It's like the opening of minds. And like, we Mm -hmm. see that at the very end of Lord of the Rings where Gandalf, Elrond, Galadriel and and Celeborn are are sitting around each other and like just sitting, but you find out they're talking by just through thought and it's lovely and really interestingly done. Um, But it's just kind of this weird moment in the book but that's like a whole thing, and that has a part to play in how you use any of the pal- palantiri. So, like mm-hmm. Pippin, I'm glad you brought Pippin's use of the other of the Orthanc stone up because he doesn't have a very strong will. I'm not dissing Pippin. I love Pippin, especially book Pippin. I mean, but, but uh,
0: we know Pippin. Like yes. he's the most impulsive Hobbit we've got. He's also because a child. Also I like mean, yeah, like
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah, like my guy just hasn't i mean he's seen a lot more than most adult hobbits but Mm -hmm. um uh, he doesn't he hasn't like taken what he's learned and turned it into wisdom yet he just like has experiences that he's still in the experience basically right whereas denethor comes from a noble lineage embodies a lot of the numenorean tropes positive and negative and is also very learned in lore so like he had a chance to do something good with that but it's another example of, like, if you do that in a vacuum, like, if he, like if he had brought up the fact that he had a Palantir to Gandalf,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not Saruman, Gandalf, right. uh, maybe something good could have come of it. Maybe Gandalf, would, Gandalf probably would have told him to stop and say, you don't have the right to use that. That's only for the king. Mm-hmm. But also, maybe they could have used that information, you know, fortified their southern borders against the... The umbars uh, mm-hmm. against the um, what's the word corsairs? I'm corsairs, thank you. Yes, corsairs of Umbar. There you go. Yep. Um, or who knows? You know what I mean,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. It. He just. He doesn't consider. Well, at the same time, he he does know more about the bigger picture, right? It's. Mm-hmm. It's never, I mean, you want to put them in contrast to like the rest of the fellowship and they are constantly, they are never doing anything because of how it would help them in that moment. Or it would, it's always like, this is how I can help do something to maybe make it easier for my friends, for my family. And Denethor is not thinking that way at all, you know, totally. He's just like, Gondor, Gondor, Gondor. um, And that kind of turns into, I feel like, his obsession with Boromir a little bit because he is such a valiant man. And he is, um, and Denethor is a man in despair, right? And he thinks that now it's just gotta be about strength of arms Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: doesn't understand uh, the value that... Faramir brings which is like heartbreaking but then when he loses Bor and then thinks he's losing Faramir it's still all about Denethor like Mm -hmm. at every turn you know like he's got himself all dressed up in mail even though he's not out on the field it's just because he's
1: playing the part rather than doing what Theoden, who in some ways is like the foil to Denethor, like Theoden's in his 80s and is leading the charge. Yep. You know what I mean? Like
0: Doing a great job. Doing it, just a a bang
1: up job. Yeah, just
0: the actual, (laughs) it's funny because in the book we see that those are things are directly like in one chapter Gandalf is basically telling Denethor like you're basically doing the witch king thing of leading from behind, but Mm -hmm. even the witch king is out on the field like Denethor doesn't even make it outside the city you know and and then immediately we see Theoden show up and leading his men, and like no one can overtake him he's ever before them um it's it's a it's a really lovely contrast of like because I feel like at the beginning when we first see Theoden he is in a worse position than Denethor in some ways like he is actively being like I mean, super duper. I mean, like, he's physically. He's not like spiritually
1: himself. poisoned. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's just completely not himself, like you said.
0: Yeah, and he, like, does a total 180. But Denethor. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, you know, granted, I'm sure the, you know, the Palantir was, it's, that's rough, you know, but I think because of who Denethor was at the time of using the you know what i mean like he's not not at he's not like totally without blame in that yeah for um, sure and also just like the commitment to burning yourself alive i mean it. i don't think it gets more unhinged than that yeah <laughs> you're very yeah. stuck on that
2: you're very yeah. it's <laughs> crazy it's just like
1: it is but it's I don't, well, it shows, like, the ultimate hubris of... It, mm. And that goes back to my comparison with what happens with Numenor. Like, like Denethor says in the movie, and Gandalf says... I think Gandalf is the one who says it in the book, about, like, the heathen kings of old, mm-hmm. like, speared on by the Dark Lord, I think is yeah. what's in the book. And, right. like, what a lovely little snapshot into... What happened? Like, they had the hubris of saying, like, I'm going to choose the time I die, which from, you know, I think Tolkien did a decent job of not bringing too much of his, of his Catholicism into this. But this is a moment where, like, the fact oh, that yeah. Catholic, so when Gandalf
0: says, like, it is not. Oh, what does he say? It is.
1: I know. um <laughs>
0: basically like you don't get to decide it's not your choice yeah only the to... heathen kings of old authority is yes. not given to you to order the hour of your death
1: yes which goes so back you don't to... even
0: have the authority right to make that call
1: something you said just a minute ago andy made me think of, you compared something to like how the fellowship does things kind of mm-hmm. altruistically or at least for each other versus right. selfishly and um that that just makes me think of that moment where Pippin comes up to Gandalf and is trying to convince him and Gandalf's basically like, I literally can't, I have to go with Pippin and save Faramir, but Mm -hmm. that will cause evil. That's like a a moment of just faith. Like I have to do the right thing, even if I know it will likely lead to sorrow. That's similar to not quite as dramatically. So uh, Aragorn's like debate At the start of Two Towers, like, Mm -hmm. do we follow Merry and Pippin or do we do we go do the thing that makes makes more expedient sense in terms of the war? Mm -hmm. And no, they do the thing that doesn't make any frickin sense from a military standpoint, but it leads to such better outcomes. Yeah. And while horrible things happen, Théoden dies, being the main horrible thing that maybe Gandalf could have done something about. It ends up, in my opinion, being better because Faramir lives.
0: Yeah. Let's actually talk about that. So yeah, when, um, you know, like Tolkien does this thing of like flipping, uh, you know, because in the books we've talked about how it's structured, right, where you're following a certain storyline and then it flips back to somebody else's Um And generally, that'll be like a whole chapter dedicated to whatever Mary's got going on, and then a whole chapter dedicated to whatever Pippin's got going on. And then more significantly with the changes with Sam and Frodo, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But he will drop in these little reminders about where you are in relation to something else that you have recently read. Um, And so as they are taking Faramir to the Houses of Healing, they heard a great cry That went up from the field before the gate and rising shrill and piercing into the sky passed and died away in the wind. So terrible was the cry that for a moment all stood still. And yet when it passed, suddenly their hearts were filled up or lifted up in such a hope as they had not known since the darkness came out of the east. And it seemed to them that the light grew clear and the sun broke through the clouds. And like that scream is our boy witch king dying (laughs) (laughs) and so that's the moment of you know eowyn's victory but
2: Mm -hmm.
0: when gandalf hears that you see his heart break a little bit um and you know he he's like kind of pauses and looks out you know, over the city and
1: as if carven in white, I think it says. Yeah. Yeah. Like
0: he's stone right now. And yeah. And he says beyond hope, the captain of our foes has been destroyed and you have heard the echo of his last despair, but he has not gone without woe and bitter loss. And that I might have averted, but for the madness of Denethor. Now, Callie, I know you brought this up to me the other day. Um, What do you, what what do you think Gandalf is saying right there? I had a total...
2: I mean, how many times have I read these books? I don't even know. I don't even care to count. Uncountable. And and even now, um, I'll come across something that'll... And it made me bolt, like, straight up in bed. I just sat up and I went, Oh, my God! (laughs) (laughs) Moments that I can... And it's amazing that I can still have those with a book Mm -hmm. that I've read. So many times, of thousands, thousands yeah. of times, hundreds of times, probably realistically, but right. I mean, that's still a lot of times to read the same book. It um, is, especially one yeah. that's
1: so long. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but it was that that moment and also the moment where he's debating whether to go to Fairmere or to go out to battle, and this is mm-hmm. in the books. Um, yep. Right. And... And it just—I suddenly realized that Gandalf had to make this horrible, horrible choice, whether to save Theod, King Theoden, or Prince, or you know, steward Prince Faramir. And like, what a horrible choice for him yeah. to have to make. And 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 then I I just like spiraled, and I was put myself in Gandalf's shoes for a moment and his robes and i was like but he's known theoden for so long of course right and 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 for all his life uh, for all all of theoden's life of course Gandalf's life spans much longer but Mm -hmm. you know uh, I, i i can't even imagine and then you know i guess it's like it's that cost benefit analysis that he would have had to make on the battlefield and it's you know to save the young over the old but well, yeah. what a heartbreaking thing to have to do, and I just, I, I, I just, I, I wept a little bit for Gandalf in that moment, yeah.
0: and I think no. that's one of the things where Gandalf is. There's so many. He's such an interesting character because he, he, he isn't a human, right? But there is something so human about him. You know, he has these like amazing powers and this amazing ability to like. Bring people together and to, you know, kind of like do what's Kimmel right. Hearts. And, yeah, and like doing the right thing all the time. But you, but then they're like, you know, when he's like teasing the hobbits, or like um, when in like these moments where he's, you know, clearly gutted but has to carry on. I don't know. I I think it's a, it's a really beautiful moment for for Gandalf um, yeah. and at the same time, it's, it makes me think, like, like, I, there's a lot of reasons why I kind of understand why he went with Faramir, but I think that, is it not true that he was a little apprehensive about, see, like, facing the Witch King?
1: I think, I wish I remembered, I want to say it's, at the end of the, cha- the chapter where we leave, like where right. we see the Witch King yeah. leave after just coming in through the gates. Um, and he
0: says something to Denethor, like when talking about, you know, the captain and, you know, the yeah. Witch King, where he it, it, it's, it he gives the impression that he's not totally sure how that would have gone down if it was like them head to head. And I don't think that's why he chose her. I don't think that he was necessary. He wasn't going to do it. But had he done that, would Aowyn and Mary have had their chance to.
1: That's just what I was going to say. Like, it happened the way it did. It sucks for Gandalf. I 100% sympathize with him. And I'm with you, Callie. Like, my guy was in between. Not just a rock and a hard place, but, like, a pointy death trap and ultimate sorrow of letting, like, a young, promising person burn to death. Mm -hmm. And uh, But it happened the way it needed. Like, Eowyn may have not been the person who was destined to kill the Witch King, but, like, she was, basically. Like, it, it had to happen that way. Or Gandalf probably would have at least been beaten in the sense that he couldn't wield as much power uh like mu- as much like conviction over people you know just like kind of yeah. his spirit be broken i i has talked about that a few times on like lives and and, and stuff and he's like yeah witch kings win in against gandalf because mm-hmm. that's how it's fated to be in a sense and i'm not saying it's predetermined perhaps but yeah we also i mean just uh, i was listening to some old episodes of uh talking with friends and I I I, this is great because I get to interject a this is why Tom (laughs) Tom Bombadil is vital to the story yes yeah
0: I know it's like it has because the thing is like it is a one's moment in a lot of ways right but they're again like our our little our hobbit friends they they're like coming in hot you know like they're like Mm -hmm. the way that they um contribute is important and Mary's stabbing of the witch king with that particular blade and almost even like in that particular spot on his leg like
1: it seems yeah b-
0: because it made him fall forward and he's he's I'm presuming a big guy so then Eowyn is able to like really like you know like make that killing blow and I right. and it's one of those things where like I understand gandalf wanting to protect everybody and feeling like he needed to be the one to you know at least take the blow from the witch king right which is probably what he was setting out to do Mm
2: -hmm.
0: but they you know eowyn and mary hadn't just like done everything against everybody's advice for no reason you know Mm -hmm. like they they're there for a reason, and I and they did what they needed to do. Because I just think, like, I don't know. It would have been so bad to, like, somehow lose Gandalf again. I don't even know. I don't even want to know what would have happened if the witch I know, right? had been, like, I got this, you know? Because, um, I mean, we've still got more Nazgul hanging out, but mm-hmm. we're down one.
1: We're down one. And the most, po- like, the prophecy that Glorfindel... Glyffindal uh makes in like a third age 1000 or whenever that battle no it was later than that but um sure about you know no living man blah 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 th- that whole thing that was about specifically the witch king so mm-hmm. like I assume that some of the same spells protecting him you know spells for lack of a better term are true for the rest of the Nazgul but like their absolute dominance isn't the same. So, like, the loss of the Witch King is massive, you know, mm-hmm. just because there's only eight, and they are essentially immortal beings that can instill fear in your hearts. Like, yeah, but your captain just got beat. So that's hard to, like, that, that has hardened the hearts of the men of Gondor, the, the fighters of Gondor and right. Rohan uh, for future battles ahead.
0: Yeah, and it leaves you know I mean once that happened uh I mean we see Gothmog like I don't know he like tries uh without oh, yeah, the witch yeah. king you know you know throwing out throwing his people at uh, our heroes but it's mm-hmm. just it's not enough
1: how did you feel about his addition in the in the movie
0: I I mean sure <laughs> <That's right>. whatever <laughs> I <don't know. laughs>
1: I guess I'll give it to them because of something we're going to talk about in a little bit with Kira Mm -hmm. Thungle and what I assume you've already talked about with the choices of Master Mm Samwise, which is like seeing the more human side of orcs. And so like getting an orc that's more of a character than just like something for us to hate and be happy when they die. Like, no, this guy is like a real person with like a little more complex thought and you really want them to die. like it's more satisfying when he mm-hmm. finally dies, which he dies in different ways between the extended and the theatrical, right?
0: Really? I You can't ask me about the theatrical, Nick. Okay, that's know. fair. In the ex- <laughs> In
1: the extended, he is wounded by... Oh, no, that's what it is. Yeah. It's implied in the theatrical that Eowyn kills him, I think, mm-hmm. but he okay. doesn't. He just gets hurt
0: and yeah. is, like, lying
1: there. And then in the extended, when... Erdogan, so Gimli, and Gimli and come, and they just like come in and dispatch with him like so quickly. That's they, like, like
0: chop him up. It's so chop, weird.
1: It's really weird and like anticlimactic. And you gave us like a reason to hate this character, and then he's just like done. So, so willy nilly. It's very silly. But
0: yeah, anyway. it's. I know they add that whole like him kind of like chasing Aowen thing before she gets to say goodbye. Yeah. To Yes. And it's like, why put him there?
1: And then well, why have, Aragorn, like, Aragorn is within, like, 20 feet of Eowyn, I would have to assume. It's like,
0: what yeah, the so fuck so is cool. going on? But, like... then it's, but then in the movies, it's like, <laughs> Pippin has to go out and find Merry mm-hmm. next to the dead Oliphant. And I'm like, how? You were right? right there a second ago. like Right?
1: It's so silly.
2: The book version uh, yeah. doesn't make any sense, any more sense though, where he's just like wandering and then gets separated from the group and nobody is looking after, like looking mm.
0: after him. Like, yeah, fair. Like kind of. That's houses of healing. We're getting in on. So I think uh, Tim is supposed to join us for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry,
1: Tim. Uh- <laughs> Hey, cool one enough. one beard, same as another. Not really. Um, <laughs>
2: oh.
1: <laughs> he wins that debate. Um, <laughs> like
2: glorious, glorious beards.
1: Yes. Um, but back to the chapter at hand. Yeah. We do get a little bit of stuff about the Houses of Healing, which I think is really interesting. It's like the insertion of a practical moment, which is where, mm-hmm. like, the women who stayed got to stay. And I thought that was an interesting inclusion because tolkien doesn't usually give us details like how the city is ordered in a Mm scene you know like we don't get details like that so it it was kind of nice and refreshing to see for me anyway to see a little bit of the george r R. martin what's the tax policy of this kingdom (laughs) like that sort of thing yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah, they, they in the so for the movie folks, there is mm-hmm. a section of the Houses of Healing in the extended edition right here, um, but I think I'm gonna save it.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair.
0: Yeah, because there's I feel like there's so much with Aragorn and that that piece. Um, also, yeah. I haven't release this episode yet so you guys don't know this but (laughs) me and amber watched anna in real time learn that because we were talking about aon and you know mentioning faramir a little bit but uh amber threw out that they get married and anna was like i didn't know that (laughs) 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 and so it's just interesting like now knowing that isn't obvi you know what i mean like uh watching the movies like that and i noticed in that quick little section of houses of healing like they just have ao and inferimer kind of looking at each other and uh yeah they're
1: doing only the smallest amount of showing with zero telling and Mm -hmm. it's not like at this i love the original trilogy don't get me wrong but by this point there's a lot of stuff that like, if you don't know the books, you're missing things Yeah. like that exact thing.
0: Yeah.
1: And it, it kind of sucks. Cause I, there's elements of that romance that I absolutely love and I'm not the guest for that chapter. So I will let you guys have that conversation. I'm
0: so, but sorry. I'm so sorry, Nick. <laughs>
1: it's okay. I'll just say I'm largely a fan of it and I don't think it's uh yeah. Well, anyway. You know, <laughs> we can talk about that another time. <laughs> I know.
0: Well, you've probably heard his like railing against how much Eowyn, like throws herself at Aragorn in the movies. Ugh, god. I know. And so it's just like <laughs> I understand why they wouldn't make it obvious that Aowen and Faramir end up together because like they have spent so much time making Aowen obsessed with Aragorn. It's um, true
1: if they were to be book accurate at this stage, it would like undermine all the character building for better, or in my opinion, way worse. worse. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's a really good point. Oh man. Sometimes they write themselves into corners and it's like, oh shit. <laughs> like now it's just worse. If you I had know. just stuck with the book a little bit, you yeah. know what I mean? Like a, a, little bit.
0: Bit. A, little a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. So, so well, so basically that chapter ends. Um, <laughs> you know, and then meanwhile, uh, well, well, technically at the same time that Mary is arriving to Minas Tirith and Pippin is watching Dinosaur lose his mind, Sam is trying to figure out how to rescue Frodo. Mm-hmm. So where Peter Jackson's version focuses on like the violence of the orcs, like we start with Frodo in in the movie where and then you see the orcs fighting over the Mithril shirt and then they all just start killing each other. Yeah. Tolkien really focuses on Sam for this, um, and Sam, like, coming upon all the dead orcs, and then we, like, kind of theorize that they're, you know... I mean, we figure out later kind of what they're fighting over once he sees a couple of alive orcs, but, you know, for Tolkien, it's really, like, Sam's perspective now um, and his how his love for Frodo is really the only thing getting him to put one foot in front of the other. So... After
2: hmm.
0: all this that the movies like did to show how irresistible the ring is, it skims over uh, Sam's experience with the ring in this chapter. Um, and we've discussed this with Edith previously, how Sam feels the power of the ring growing and imagines himself not only overthrowing Sauron, but turning the plains of Gorgoroth into a garden. Mm-hmm. Um, but what dangerous aspirations. I know, it's, right? I, know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think this was like the, one of the Lothlorien chapters where he, um, oh, we were talking about the gifts of Galadriel and how he gets, you know, the earth and the seeds yeah. um, that he eventually uses to make the Shire beautiful again at post-war, you know? And it's funny because it's like of everyone that is tempted by the ring, and whatever it is that they imagine themselves doing, Sam's the only one that gets close. He true. turns a realm, if you want to say, shy, you know, it, you know, it, he wow. improves it. Yes. Uh, and turns it into a garden with, like, the Malorn seed and, and all the others um, that's, that he gets.
1: That's very that's very true. Nice. That's great. <laughs> I love He's that. He's just
0: that wholesome. <laughs> he, it's like, you know what? You deserve this.
1: But it's a good example of, like, the root of the corruption is... It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter, like, the malice of the thing you want to do. If he had, like, leaned into the ring, Mm -hmm. he still would have been corrupted, even though the thing is a wholesome thing that he wants to do. Oh, yeah. Because it would have been done out of ego, out of selfishness, like we were seeing with Denethor.
0: Yeah. uh,
1: Versus out of the altruism of, like, well, I got to save my people.
0: Yeah, but it makes me think of, like, how... So, obviously... Well, not obviously, but we've we've talked about it before, so now you should know that like Galadriel kind of tests all of them in that mm-hmm. moment, and so she knew that about Sam, she you know. Sure did. And so she's like, you know what, you might want this, you, you know? know.
1: Just a like a almost meta statement about Tolkien there, like everything. This book isn't without flaws. I'll admit that, but like. Mm-hmm. It is so perfect at like every little thing fell back into place. Like Galadriel knew that, like you just said, and Mm -hmm. we see that come to fruition. As far as I know, Tolkien didn't know that that's how Sam's character was going to end up when he wrote that chapter with Galadriel testing them and giving them gifts and things like that. And yes, he reworked things and blah, blah, blah. But so many, so many drafts over the 14 years it took him to write this or whatever. Mm hmm. But the point is, like, it's just so satisfying when you see those things come to fruition, right? Yeah. And and it's cool also to see the flip side of it, like the the other side of the coin, of what a negative version of that foresight could lead to, Mm -hmm. vis-a-vis what we see with Denethor, what we see with Sam's vision of, like, the planes being taken over. And I think doesn't he have a line about like casting down weapons and, and stuff? Like he would yeah, want he's to gonna make like
0: peace. He, yeah he's gonna like uh, overthrow he's gonna lead people to overthrow Sauron and then you know make everything chill.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but that's with like dominance of will rather than collaboration, which we know is like a cardinal sin in this world. So yeah,
0: yeah, I love that, it. and it's it's funny because um, so Sam has his temptation moment. Mm -hmm. But unlike everyone else that we've seen, I mean, like maybe with the exception of Galadriel in a way, but like he snaps out of it almost immediately. Um, Mm. It says in that hour of the trial, it was the love of his master that helped most to hold him firm, but also deep down in him lives still unconquered his plain hobbit sense. Love that. He yes. knew in the core of his heart that he was not large enough to bear such a burden, even if such visions were not a mere cheat to betray him. Oh. The one small garden of a free gardener was all his need and do, not a garden swollen to a realm, his own hands to use, not the hands of others to command.
1: Yes. Yes, King.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> I love him. I love that yeah. moment. And this oh. is the, mo- like, the older I get, the more I see, like, queer readings being totally legit. And mm. shout, out, shout out to Chris with their video about queer readings of stuff hopeful relationships we will see in Rings of Power. Because reading, like, a gay romance or a, or a pan by romance between these people does not mean we are implying that sex is happening. Mm-hmm. There's just more complexity to to this relationship than standard friendship fare, and that's okay. Like, we should want this level of love that you're pulled out of the temptation of the most powerful artifact on the earth
0: to do the it right is, thing
1: still. That's so fucking cute.
0: It's, and, like, it's, <laughs> and like, if you think about it, he's on Sauron's doorstep, you know? Literally. and And he has explained that the, he feels the ring growing in power. Like, this thing is trying, and he knows yep. that. Um, but he still has the ability to deny it, you know, and to, like, say, like, no ring, shush. Um, no ring. And- <laughs> no ring. No, just you know, You Sam- get back in my pocket. <laughs> right, exactly. And it's like, while Sam, like, hasn't been carrying the ring for very long, he is still... I don't know. It, it's it's.
1: He's been it's, just as close to it as Boromir ever was, and yes, Boromir was and closer un, and closer, and Boromir was hundreds of miles away from Mordor. Where, like, I do think there's like a proximity to Mordor equals yeah. higher strength. I don't know how you would do that math, but like, right. Boromir was more susceptible. That's why he succumbed to it. But
0: yeah, it's just like. I mean, like, if you weren't impressed by Sam by now, like, you absolutely should be because yes. he not only did not like says like, no ring. That is a ridiculous thing that you think I could do.
2: No. Yep.
0: Um, but he also gives it back to Frodo in a minute. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I mean, a Sildor couldn't do that. I don't nope. even know if Gandalf could do it. Like, he didn't even want to touch it. You know what I mean? One. So hobbits, hobbits. I'll just leave it Hobbit. at
1: that. Just to- Well, it, it goes back to like the faith and hope thing we were talking about a little bit ago with like Gandalf having faith that I just have to do the right thing. Horrible shit's going to happen either way, yeah. but it's something's going to work out. Like he knows how Lovatar works at some mm-hmm. level. And he's like, if I just do the right thing, at least I died nobly. If it, yeah. if it all ends in shit, And that's kind of what, in a sense, we're seeing here, like, this is the coming together of the plan that wasn't really a plan at the end of the Council of Elrond, at that start of the Ringo South, really, where it's like, they didn't, like, they didn't know how they were going to get into Mordor. They just had faith that they would figure it out when they got there. And they did, kind of. I mean, in a sense, it's like a perfect plan, because they just had faith that the hand of God, basically would, would guide them in the right direction. And And this is why Sam had to be there. Like he fulfilled the task of the fellowship. And he says that in the choices of master Samwise, like it's, it's up to me. Like no one else is here to, to pick up this burden. So I have to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's funny to think about way back uh, at the council of Elrond, when they tell Gandalf, that Gollum has escaped and he's just like well oh well yep don't worry about it i'm sure it'll work out um come back <laughs> around sometime yeah.
1: it, it that part always reminds me of like the perfect like chill parent who's like it is what it is you broke mm-hmm. the window but like it, it's broken there's no point in me being mad at you like it already yeah. it already happened and it's like oh yeah cool <laughs> that's that's great
0: yeah and, it, and it's like uh I don't know. It's it's interesting also to think about like what Gollum is up to right now because we don't see him for a while. Like definitely not in the movie. Um, but we, we'll we see him a little bit sooner in the book.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but yeah, I'm just like, I mean, we. And there's no way he's, I mean, he's following, but maybe not. I don't know. I don't know what he's up to. Um, I don't either.
1: Like, is there some vantage point that he could be observing things? Because like, We know Gollum couldn't get through those the the Watchers.
0: No, no, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. There's, I don't know, like the orcs were able to run out of there. Maybe they're like evil things. Come on in. I don't know. Um, Right, true. So, so yeah. So let's talk about the Watchers. So, for our movie fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do see Sam pass these statues on the way into the tower. I don't think they look exactly as how they're described in the book. I don't I don't recall seeing any beaks um, or claws, really, uh, on them. Uh, they, and they're supposed to have, like, three heads, which I always thought was cool. Honestly, could make a really cool Jim Henson movie with, mm-hmm. with, with these little guys. Um, so they are... Statues, essentially. Um, but And he walks right in. No problem, really, in, in the movie. Um, the main thing he has to worry about are orcs. Um, and But in the movie, like, there's really not so much a problem in the Tower of Kirithungul. It's just like, he takes out the orcs, he gets in, he gets Frodo, and he gets out. In the book, these statues that he passes by are inhabited by evil spirits, it says. Mm-hmm. Um, and they... Block his attempt to walk through. He he compares it to like walking into Sheila one of Sheila's webs, but there's nothing there. Um, and after a few failed attempts, he holds up the file of Galadriel, which makes the Watchers' will waver and crumble into fear. And he's able to get past them, but then they let out a shrill cry that is answered by the harsh clang of a bell. I don't know who's in charge of this bell. Like I know. <laughs>
1: The bell I, it, goes off it, a few it, times. It does. <laughs> and the second time, it's like, I'm pretty sure there's no one left to ring this bell. So...
0: It's just, I don't know, auto... Auto, yeah. Bell? Magic bell. Magic yeah. bell. Um, uh, And Sam says to himself that he's, like, rung the front doorbell, yep. and he's... With you know, Amazon but does...
1: owning the rights to this now, I'm just thinking of a ring <laughs> oh doorbell.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, god! <laughs> but it, it, it's interesting because he, we hear this cry, and you almost expect something to happen because of it. I suppose yes. there, nothing. I'm gonna, I'm going to say this that like, something does happen. Mm-hmm. In a minute, but, like, you would think there would be, like, an immediate um, reaction, but I guess the problem is that all the orcs have killed themselves. Like, right. killed each other. Right. So, hmm, you know, like, I, I don't know how they would have actually, like, I don't know. I don't
1: it's too bad they didn't think of some way to do this because it's like yeah. as in terms of book stuff like this is a very low magic world obviously but mm-hmm. this is where like this is some magic happening like this is the will of one thing fighting against the will of another and Sam he didn't pass his wisdom save but he did have a, an <laughs> item to allow for some you know to break a hole through the their impenetrable wall of evil basically. And it's so interesting. Like it's it's this yeah. little moment of like higher powers at work, but we're seeing it from quite literally the lowest perspective. Like Sam doesn't know how magic works. No. Sam could never make magic work. That's not in his makeup. We learned that in The Hobbit. Like mm-hmm. hobbits don't have magic, and that's fine. Like but they still have like free will to act. And that's yeah. kind of where this gets really interesting and muddy in a fun way to me Mm
0: -hmm. yeah Yeah. i yeah i i wish that they could have done it like i don't know we know he has the file um yeah and i'm also just a little bit surprised like i feel like they went harder on the design for the the gate of uh minas morgul like Mm,
1: those guys that have like
0: their tongues hanging out
1: yeah both uh carving in bestial and human form or yeah. whatever and like yeah we get that really dramatic like not squared shot of them yeah. which is really cool i love it
0: yeah I and just, it makes yeah. you
1: feel the fear this like how do you
0: i feel like they were like feel i feel like they were like you know what we already gave you one gate we're not gonna do it again
1: mm, fair.
0: um but and a, bigger do... gate,
1: a, a bigger gate is coming yeah. just a, you know a little while later
0: true But I do like the, um... (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry about it, Callie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My
2: cat is doing her warbling.
1: It's very cute.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) She'll be done in, like, a minute. Don't worry about it. (laughs) It's all good.
0: She's got stuff to say. She probably likes the uh, idea of the... The watchers too
2: Same.
0: um and i, I do it is kind of interesting to think about i didn't write this down but i was just like us talking about it the last time we had a watcher they were in the water <laughs> and i feel mm-hmm. like every time uh we've got a hobbit kind of being like what the heck is that it's a watcher
1: um it's funny that's what you bring up because i was just thinking like it's too bad they did bring this up simply because it shows the mystery of the world like this is mm-hmm. deeper than Humans, orcs, elves, hobbits, Sauron—like there's things that no one understands in the world, and I totally get pulling Tom Bombadil out, like that's fine, but like give me some of that mystery, some of that stuff that Tolkien very deliberately left unexplained, yeah, so that it feels like a deeper world than he than he wrote explanations for, Mm -hmm. because that's like one of the cool. I think that's part of what makes us keep coming back to it like Callie you were saying earlier like and getting new things out of it like for example what are these evil spirits are they Maiar that never left you know like post Morgoth but is they there like were something
0: like, less than that
1: well so is there one, another
0: name for that what, no? so
1: he wrote in I want to say his book of lost tales about other spirits so like mm-hmm. that are also as old as time, like the Ainur are, but they aren't in that hierarchy. Yeah. So maybe it's something like that, but I think it's more likely that, um, so when elves die, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've talked about that at, I know, in fact, I know you've talked about the whole Halls of Mandos and everything. They don't have to go there when they uh-huh. die. They can, their Fea, their Feaar can deny the call of Mandos, And so, I think it may be ancient spirits of Avari that just were like, I don't trust the Valar. Even if I'm just a spirit, I don't trust the Valar. So I'm going to stay here that were corrupted in some way, shape or form differently than what happened with the orcs.
2: Yeah.
1: And there's some basis for this. It's not canon per se, but there's some basis for it from the histories of Middle-earth of like the spirits of Avari are what inhabited things like werewolves, for example, like Karkaroth Mm. may have been Karkaroth was probably a Maiar, but some of the other werewolves might've been, you know, rehoused as best they could by Morgoth, which is a terrifying thought. Yeah. It's uh,
0: interesting to think about like, because there does seem to be like Sauron is Sauron, right? He's, our big bad, he's got a lot of stuff going for him, but there are some things about Mordor that I feel like he doesn't necessarily have control over. Like, she loved 100%. being the big one. But I think there's a lot of other creepy crawly guys in there that are just around because it's they're icky and it's the icky place. Uh, you know do you what think I mean? The,
1: do you think these Watchers were originally evil? Like, do you think they were part of the
0: oh, Numenorian the- construction? Right. So, also to recap, Sam oh. notes that this the, the this tower is clearly not of uh, Sauron's design. Yes. That it must have been built by the Numenor. say and like to keep to keep a watch on Mordor. Obviously, like they were much closer. Like Minas Ithil, we know is also uh, similar, and the Black Gate even is originally. Um, by the Numenorians trying to keep th- keep a watch on things, keep things in, rather than, you know, that kind and of- And or stuff.
1: basically just built half of, or more of Sauron's infrastructure for him.
0: Yeah, it, like, I know. <laughs> it, di- it didn't work the way that they had planned, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, that happens sometimes, uh, but it's interesting, like, I, to think about this gate, because obviously I wouldn't say that the way that these statues are described are a Numenorean design. Right. Right? They've got three heads and claws and beaks and stuff. Um, They're not... They don't look cute. But it... So it makes me think that, like, whereas it once was a watchtower, but now Mm -hmm. it has, like, this fence around it. um, That was probably an installation after the fact. I
1: think I agree. I'm just doing a quick, I'm doing a quick Google to see if there's anything I'm (laughs) like, it's just super interesting.
0: Yeah. Do a quick Google.
1: Yeah. Well, we can keep going. I'll interject if I find anything cool.
0: Cool. So like we mentioned, Sam gets through these no problem in the movie, um, he uses the file of Galadriel to get through them um, in the book. And, you know, I mean, there's differences, right? And, but I think that the thing that I really... There, there is something about the way that Tolkien writes where he is... Um, he's not... You know, like in the Peter Jackson, we've got him stabby-stab, the orcs. He runs up. He, like, finds... You know, we have that other orc um, cut back to Frodo, and but Sam saves him. You know, it's really uh, shortened a lot. You know, condensed. Um, but Tolkien really sits with Sam in this moment where he like he does he doesn't know the layout of Kid, like this tower. He doesn't know what he's doing. Um, he does follow an orc that is afraid that like. Misjudges Sam's size and uh, goes up, and he know he overheard what is it like Shagrat and Gorebag like talking about how <laughs> they're gonna put Frodo at the very tippity top of this tower. So that's where right. he's like, "All right, I'm gonna go to this as far as I can," um, and he does. But he's he's felt he's like searched the whole tippity top and he can't find where the heck Frodo is, um, and he. Burst in and he begins to sing. Not burst in song, but he like feels defeated and moved and it says moved by what, though in his heart he could not tell, Sam began to sing. And what a lovely you know, song he sings. <laughs> it's 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 such a I really like this because the the way Tolkien handles despair and loss and uncertainty. Like and I know they couldn't have really they didn't really have time or like a way to do this in the movie, but we have so many of these moments where our heroes are at a loss of what to do. And yet they find a way to to keep going, like to do something, you know, like we've been talking about, like often it is their love for each other that breaks through the griefs and gives them the motivation to do something, anything sometimes, you know? And, and I think that's, what's happening here that like in, in that moment, like he, and, and it's like his own original words. It's not like a song that he's heard before. Right. Um, and we know how important songs are to Tolkien. You know, it's, that's, music is literally the way the world was created. Right. right? Um, and while singing doesn't really sound like Sam is doing anything, Frodo hears it and like tries to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, and that split second of did I just hear Frodo? It like revives Sam's hope in his search. Um, and also it like alerts one of the orcs that he, like the orc assumes that it's Frodo singing. Um, and so he's like, well, shut up, you know? Um, but that
1: so, leads unintentionally to Sam knowing, oh, there's a trap door. It's not a dead end anymore.
0: Yeah. Or, or, or. It's like, how would he have known that? And also the orc brought a ladder. Yeah. <laughs> Um, And so instead of like I'll bleed you like a stuck pig not if I stick you first we have like Sam hearing the orc he's like berating Frodo and then he hears a whip crack and Sam runs up there and it says you know the orc raised a whip a second time but the blow never fell Mm -hmm. which I love I really like that just as much as not if I stick you first
1: (laughs) I think not if I stick you first is a little too funny for mm-hmm. how poignant this reunion moment should be. Should have been. Yeah. Like it's just a little, and Jackson's so good at making things funny and, yeah. and, and Fran and Philippa in their writing are, are so good at making things funny, but like now is maybe not the time. I don't know. It's not like it's a ha ha moment have to
2: be funny. <laughs> like, ha ha yeah. like a TikTok sound
1: yeah right (laughs) exactly
0: (laughs) yeah i and it it is interesting that like he does put stick humor in certain places um a lot more not that tolkien is never not funny tolkien's Um,
1: hilarious but
0: yeah (laughs) but in the yeah but in the book it is like that moment is like incredibly sweet. I mean, Sam does have to kick an orc's ass. Not mm-hmm. that doesn't not happen, but he doesn't really talk to him. <laughs> he just no. does it. Um, and but I feel like the reunion is so incredibly sweet in the books, whereas it's kind of like getting down to business more in the movie. Yes. Um, you know, for say what were you going to say, Nick?
1: Which is so weird, given the fact that. In the movie, they for whatever freaking reason had Frodo send Sam home.
2: Uh, no. uh,
1: I think that other than what they did to Faramir is my least favorite change. Oh
2: yeah. There's a lot of
1: aspects of the adaptation that I'm totally fine with, but like why did you do that? What well, I... did that add? Like I, I think they were trying to create this like drama no. that they knew mm-hmm. they couldn't have because they had to make Kirathungle like pretty succinct. And it's like, no, 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 no. You just undermined their whole like now this looks like an abusive relationship. Yeah. (laughs) In a sense, like now it looks like Sam is codependent on Frodo and Frodo's codependent on Sam, but Frodo's being like a horrible dickhead to him. Yeah. Like we get a little bit of that in in this moment with Frodo's complete, you know, like Gimme that. Give me that right Right. now.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny though, because in the movie they have Frodo do that all the time to Sam. Mm-hmm. Like, they have the... I don't know. Like, uh, again, we. I think I've talked about this before. I think, Callie, on your very first episode, we talked about this with Frodo, how they, like, weaken Frodo a lot. Like, he just is, like, succumbing to problems all the time. He's just... You know? Like, he, he's, not, he's not doing so hot a lot of the time. And so they have his character... A little bit weaker and that he is constantly snapping at sam and like defending Gollum, and it, it's really not like that at all right you know like uh sam and frodo ha- you know obviously i think the age difference has something to do with it but like in the book it's in the reverse right like sam is, or frodo is older than sam is and yes. he is um so wise and kind and you know
1: the closest we get to the snapping other than these direct like ring induced awful moments mm-hmm. are is like the typical hobbitry like ribbing each other yeah which sam doesn't really participate in i think that has something to do with like the class structure of the hobbits like servants right. don't do like which is very english yeah. um, for better or worse but you know like right. we see pippin like being a dick to sam but it's hilarious because like everyone knows it's a joke
0: Mm-hmm. You know yeah, mean? yeah, we do see, like, I wouldn't call it, like, snapping, but I was just thinking about, you know, yeah. like, early on when Frodo, he'll, like, sometimes be like, ugh, Sam, you know. Sam,
1: like, you ass. <laughs> yeah, like, he
0: or he'll be, a little, you know, he'll, or, like, you get Frodo being whinier, um, at the beginning of Fellowship where he's like, oh, I have so much stuff to carry. And Sam was like, I could take some more. And he's like, no, you obviously have enough. You know, he's like, oh, never yeah. mind, I'm being an idiot. Um, it's and more so, self-deprecating
1: than harmful to Sam, right? Yeah.
0: And so, like, I think this is the first moment where, but Peter does that too, where he'll pick one moment, one line, and then he makes that the whole character, you know?
1: Yes. But, yes. And it's too bad. It's yeah. too bad. I think the weakening of Frodo started out of a somewhat necessity, which it, like I'm all for like dropping Glorfindel, adding yeah. Arwen, because first and foremost, more female representation,
2: yeah.
1: woman representation, mm-hmm. um, that's really important, especially because of how important Arwen is to the whole story. We just yeah. get it in the appendices. Like I, I don't know how they would have. I don't know how Tolkien would have fit that in without making that part of the book just too, like he did this isn't a book about romance there's not much kissing in it you know what i mean no, really princess yeah. bride opposite of princess bride in that way mm-hmm. um but so i'm i'm all for that except that it happened at the expense of frodo's heroism like he is yeah. a more passive like person in distress and everyone's just like ferrying him along rather than him yeah. being the one making decisions and doing the right thing most of the time like mm-hmm. he succeeded at his quest in the book which mm-hmm. was to get to,
0: to Mount the cra- to
1: get yeah. to Mount Doom it was not to cast it into the fire they yeah. weren't going to make anyone swear an oath to do that because no. that would be
0: and he doesn't even swear an oath to get it that he just says he just you know says I'll, I'll do what I can
1: yeah you know? exactly exactly
0: uh- And so the thing with Frodo is that I think they could have probably kept him more or less the same in Fellowship. But then when they split off from the group and it's just him and Sam, they definitely had an opportunity to like show more of what Frodo's about. And I think particularly like when they first meet Gollum is like an excellent example of how they could have done that, Um, you know, and like using that more about like the promise that Gollum has made um mm-hmm. i don't know i it sucks
1: <laughs> i no i i agree and to your point about the promise that Gollum made like that show that would have been a really useful way it's super interesting the book that's a way of showing how the ring actually works on people mm-hmm. yeah versus like i i, I to me that it's a little heavy-handed with like i in the appendices to the extended edition someone compares the ring to like heroin and it's like okay that's interesting but like mm-hmm. you overdid it a little bit like yeah yes it's addictive yes it's it's corrupting blah 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 blah. but like yeah it does other things in other ways and frodo was a great person for much longer than we see him being
0: yeah under exactly. the influence
1: of the ring yeah
0: yeah it, and that's why i think it was interesting that they like they make it affect Frodo so much. They make it affect Faramir so much, obviously Boromir. Um, But then when they, they don't do that with Sam, they like leave it alone. You know, he has one second of like, I don't know, maybe I won't give it to you, but he doesn't say anything. He just holds it out weird. Um,
1: Yeah. And they like slow the time down of him, handing it over. And it's like, I guess that's a good way to show, not tell, but they make the ring such They lean way too much into the like men are weak thing. Like that, that whole trope is, yeah. We've talked about that to death.
0: (laughs) No, but I mean like, agree.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, I don't know, but so in, in the book it's, Mm -hmm. it's very sweet when they, um, Reunite, you know, like Frodo can hardly believe it that Sam is there. He thinks it's a dream, but he's like, "But my all of my dreams were bad, so he's like, like trying to do like the does not compute." Really. I know,
1: yeah, like all the floating <laughs> like, is, calculus. Like, what is
0: happening? Um, and and Orc was but,
1: whipping me, and then it turned into Sam. What the?
0: Yeah, fuck? he's like, Sam, are you being mean? What is this like? Uh, but then yeah. you know when he finally like realizes that Sam, he like lays in. Sam's arms closing his eyes like a child at rest when night fears are driven away by some loved voice or hand and and I love that it goes on to say that Sam felt that he could sit like that in endless happiness but it was not allowed it was not enough to find his master he had still to try and save him I'm like damn it's all on Sam you guys Mm -hmm. it's all on Sam right now and he knows it
1: Tolkien says this point blank in at least two letters that Sam is the hero and Sam is the emotional heart of the story. Mm. And we see that on full display with this chapter and the previous chapter of the Sam Yeah. Gollum uh Frodo side plot. And I I freaking love it. Like you're mm-hmm. so it is all on Sam, but like he does his job better than anyone else does their job he and knows. I
0: love him for it. Oh. He's amazing. Yeah, he is. He's, he's so great. And it's like Because I do love Frodo. Um, It's just harder with movie Frodo. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. But so, like, what we've been talking about is when... When Frodo does snap at Sam, um, he... At first, he's, like, super pumped that Sam has the ring. He calls Sam a marvel. He's like, wow, like, you're amazing, but then he 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 his tone changes, mm-hmm. and he asks Sam to give it back. And poor sweet Sam, um, I know. as he's handing it to him, he says, "But you're in the land of Mordor now, sir. And when you get out, you'll see the fiery mountain and all. You'll find the ring very dangerous now and very hard to bear. If it's too hard a job, I could share it with you, maybe. Like, I don't know. I guess you could argue that Sam is like trying to keep the ring." But this feels so Sam to me, like he, I mean, we just referenced it, right? Like Sam trying to carry more weight at the very yes. beginning of the story. I, he's doing it again here, you know? Um, but obviously Frodo can't have that. Um, yeah, right. And he's like, no, you won't, you thief, you know? And I just, I can hear it. And when mm-hmm. like Elijah Wood could say it like all mean, Um and but by the time Frodo snaps out of it, like at first Frodo like he goes into this whole like you get into Frodo's head for a second and he mm-hmm. sees Sam as like an orc and like this nasty Which was creature. like such
1: a really cool resurgence of what we see in many meetings with Frodo Bilbo. seeing Bilbo. And, mm. and like that moment is so it's like it's like a worse, like horrible moment. Um yeah. and so cool. Again, such a interesting way to show the power of the ring at work that was a little flat in the film in my yeah. opinion yeah
0: agree so when Frodo snaps out of it he sees Sam kneeling before him his face wrung with pain as if he had been stabbed in the heart tears welled from his eyes and when I was reading this the other day I was like I was trying to read it to Josh and I started crying yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like oh I know I, I was, was like, listening wow, to the frodo.
1: i was listening to the andy circus audiobook and yeah he does such a killer job at this moment like yeah it, the drama is on full display and i, I love mean. it that's
0: it's, amazing
1: yeah it's great oh
0: Duh. and it's like you know frodo apologizes and sam you know finds another way to help but oof oh my God, it it just hurt so bad.
1: (laughs) It sure did.
0: Especially because we had been in Sam's head for so long, you know, knowing that Sam had always been putting Frodo first and trying to save him and then to be like, "Ugh,
1: I know. It's like,
0: I know, right? (laughs) That would cut me to the quick, like, it
1: sure did. Ugh. And then salted yeah. the wound, too, because yeah. you also have seen so much from Frodo's perspective throughout
2: mm-hmm. the work
1: that you like have the sympathy for him. And like what un- unimaginable turmoil he's been through, like getting yeah. stabbed in the neck by cool. Shelob, tortured, manhandled. Uh, to, I can only imagine poisoned. how horrible. Poisoned. Yeah. Exactly. On down mm-hmm. the line. Like, it's yeah. just so hard. So like I said, like. We all probably would have been just as dickish, but doesn't mean it doesn't hurt still. Yeah. And it's an interesting parallel of like the work of the enemy, you know, that we saw in in the other chat, in the pyre of Denethor. Like, that's the other thing that is happening here is this the ring is driving schisms between this relationship. And that's why the book version of this relationship is so much better in my opinion, because you can see that it can withstand that turmoil.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's harder to yeah. believe I'm taken out of the immersion of the movie more like, yeah. it's like, yeah, we know Sam's really loyal to Frodo. We know Frodo loves Sam, but like, right. again, it feels like a one way relationship and that's really like hard to watch, especially from right. and yeah. one.
0: <laughs> I just, <sighs> Yeah, I think that they could have, because I feel like Sean Astin really does an amazing job at, at Sam, killer. Um, and so I think that they they should have given some like they could have tweaked Elijah's lines a little bit. You know what I mean? Like we could have had. I'm not. I'm not even thinking that we would have to take up any more runtime. Sure. You know, we just have to like change his attitude and like have it be more gradual with the way that the ring is acting on him you know um
1: yeah and like i I, I think elijah would have done a great job with that um, I, agree. I i no shade to him i don't think any actor in the no. whole film trilogy is the problem
0: Mm-mm.
1: it's the writing i hate to say and, and some of the editing choices and things like that but that caused this weird like Eh, that character is not as fully fleshed out as I wish they. That's all I wanted was just yeah. fully fleshed out characters. And like you said, Peter will latch on to like, all right, at this stage in the story, I'm hanging my entire framing of who Frodo is on this line of yep. like how mean he is to Sam. It's like it it didn't go like that, man.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and it, yeah, and it's like uh, yeah, yeah, it's more dramatic or whatever. But I think that the same way. Like if you're going to say that we can't have Aragorn, you know, immediately be like I'm going to if you want him to be this like hesitant dude and you give him an arc, right? I don't I mean it's whatever at this point. You know, it's like sure, fine cuz I mean, I I do love movie Aragorn. He's just different, you know? Yeah. But with Frodo, why couldn't you have given him a similar build, right? Like he is just mm. immediately like can't handle the ring you know all the time like even when like yeah this is definitely when callie was on last when we were talking about him getting (laughs) stabbed by the witch king and he immediately is just like frothing at the mouth and it's like no he tries to keep it together i was just
1: listening to that episode and i I agree with you a hundred (laughs) percent like my guy had like a piece of pure evil in his shoulder for
0: weeks or
1: a week and like yeah and he was not good but he wasn't you know, but turning that's, into but a, that's the
0: thing about Frodo is that he's trying to, like, you could have had an exchange where Sam is, like, you know, noticing him. Like, Sam should always be noticing that Frodo is, if he's unwell more than anyone else. Yes. You know? And so you could have just had a little moment where it's, like, Frodo, like, I know you're not feeling well. And he's, like, no, it's fine. Like, you could have had, like, a split second of that, of yep. you know, um, before Turning into freaking like, oh, the makeup that they did on him to make him look like a zombie is so uh, weird. Um, it's too much, it's too much, but too much. you know, I think that there's things like that. Um, there's just like, it just, there's just that's why I started like on TikTok in the beginning because I was just like, there's just like, you could throw this one line in there and that would help so much with like, I understand you have limited time to show things or tell us things, but like give them give back this one thing and yes. you'd be closer or you would be able to communicate a little bit more about who that character is. Yes. And there's there's so many like that with Frodo. But my favorite one for Frodo is In the Taming of Smeagol. That would have been mm-hmm. easy um,
1: to do. Mm-hmm. I agree.
0: But no.
2: <laughs>
0: it's fine. It's fine. I mean, it's funny because we say all this, but like... I rewatched these movies like four times last year. So like like, take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt. Like I, and I'm rewatching them now. So right. There you go. And and it's, and they're great. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm in like a weird feelings about like, I know um, because then there's moments like, like we were talking about last time with Eowyn. Like I love that they changed how, Théoden dies, like, Eowyn gets yeah. to talk to him, not yeah. Mary, not Eomer, it's Aowen in the movie, and that's, that's better, that's, that's better, like, you know what I mean, there's stuff like that, where it's like, yes, go for it, and, or, like, a change that they made, and it's like, yeah, that totally works, yeah. um, but I think with Frodo and Sam, it's harder to accept, because they are so, like, who they are, it's so core to not just like the story, but how the ring works, you know, yes. and like how, how they get things done. And it, it's because of their relationship that they're able to do it. It's not just, you know what I mean? So, so I think that's what the struggle is really.
1: I've been, you know, my favorite book for a long time in the trilogy was The Two Towers because it's just the one that reads the fastest. Like, yeah. oh, my God, there's so much action. It's so cool. But the second half is kind of like, eh, this is interesting, I guess. But, it's you know, when you're 14, it's a little yeah. boring. Yeah. But like book six now as a 30 year old is like the best. It's so yeah. cool because we're watching Tolkien work through. The trauma of World War One, in a sense, mm. like we're watching him, like the terrible advice Sam gives Frodo of, like, well, you are not going to get better if you talk about it. No, 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 like, no, that's not how <laughs> psychology works, my guy. No, but he's like, just don't think about it, and you'll feel I, someone, better. <laughs> someone, I think, on a Facebook group I am in mentioned, like, or maybe that was in the Discord, like, do you think that that was a representation of shell shock? shell shock like bad advice that veterans got after having shell shock and i think like that's such an interesting way to bring that in because like no we see i think quite plainly that tolkien doesn't agree with that Mm -hmm. like we see them having to work through these things and and not succumb to like just like having a stiff upper lip that doesn't work like we yeah. know that does it's the dependency on each other that yeah. pulls you forward. Right?
0: Yeah. It, it's, it's funny that you say that. Cause it's like with Sam, he's just kind of like, I, I gotta get you to a place where I can get you out of here. He's like, I can't talk right now. We got to right. go, you know, yeah. Um, there's a
1: practicality to it. Like now is not the time.
0: <laughs> yeah. To like unpack your trauma. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I don't think we ever get to a point where they do talk about it.
1: Not that we and, see for sure,
0: right? Well, but it, the, the way that the trajectory of the story goes,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he goes to Valinor, right? Because he's still—that's
1: where the ultimate healing
0: has to wait. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's like I don't know. I mean, it's <laughs> kind of sad to think that like he can't. Like I know physically there are some things that c- couldn't be healed, but like I don't. I don't know like emotionally
1: that was like the real sacrifice of Frodo more than the yeah. physical being being for, forever harmed is like he sacrificed his soul in a lot of ways and that's sad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like
1: that's real sad. That's, that's hard. Real
0: sad.
1: It um mm-hmm.
0: Oh, now I'm thinking about the end of the story. I'm going to cry. I know. Uh, don't do this to me, Nick. We're not there uh, yet.
2: <laughs>
1: okay. No, it's not about that. Shoot. Did I lose my thought? Maybe it'll come back to me. Um, now we'll move on. If it comes back to me, I'll jump in.
0: All right. Well, I mean, my last note really is that we, when we have to escape, get a oh, like, mm-hmm. again, it's not a problem in the movie, you know. It's just kind of like, wow, we made it to Mordor, Mr. Frodo. Um, but it's like we mentioned earlier, we it's our second cracking uh, structure, yeah. and so they try to get through the the gate again. This time, it's even like there's no way, you know. And it takes not only Sam holding up the file and saying like Elbereth Githoniel and and Frodo saying the other phrase that i don't remember how to Uh,
1: pronounce yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah. he says that like the same thing that he says to shelob um so both of that together and then they run and only by them running like it like what is it the uh it was says the will of the watchers was broken with a suddenness like the snapping of a cord and frodo and sam stumbled forward then they ran through the gate and past the great seated figures with their glittering eyes that so like the creepy statue has eyes if we forgot to say that before Mm -hmm. um there was a crack the keystone of the arch crashed almost on their heels and the wall above crumbled and fell in ruin only by a hair did they escape a bell clanged and from the watchers there went up a high and dreadful wail Far above the darkness, it was answered. So, like, the first call did work because there's no way that they were just around the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, out of the black sky, there came dropping, like, a bolt, a winged shape, render, rending the clouds with a ghastly shriek. So, we've got a Nazgul!
1: Nice dun, no dun, nice dun! Nazgul
0: in the movie! Um, which is interesting, like, we, we know that they're still around in the movie, like, we see them towards the end. But post like Witch King dying,
1: kind of don't see him till
0: yeah,
1: yeah till the battle at the Black Gate right. when they're flying away from that battle. Hmm. You go, know to go. Yeah. Tra- yeah well, you yeah. <laughs> know we won't talk about that too much. But um, yeah, I thought that was weird because it's a perfect moment of tension and like it makes sense that not not all of the Nazgul would be at the battle of Pelennor Fields and, you know, the siege of Minas Tirith, like just makes sense that some of them would be like running point, especially because we learn about this in the choices of master Samwise. like the baddies know that Mm -hmm. someone's, someone's getting in, you know, they surmise that it's a Elvish warrior and some other spy, but, uh, and then they catch Frodo. And so that's validated. Like, I don't know. It was a weird choice to leave this like high tension moment out.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. Like it's almost like that they, um, cause they kind of pair Shilov with the, you know, the battle, like the Pelennor field sort of, um, yeah. so it's, it's almost like, uh, everybody, everybody gets a high tension moment at the same time. And then it goes down again, but, I don't know. Just thinking realistically about how Mordor is,
2: mm-hmm.
0: they shouldn't have an easy time. <laughs> it's you know what I mean. Like this yeah. is, um, this is should be the real hard part. Like getting around without being caught. I mean that is like a magical feat of theirs that they've yes. done. But like this should just be like obstacle after obstacle. Really, at this right. point while the other guys figure out what they're going to do.
1: And it was weird, too, because, like, they spend a decent amount of time showing them just, like, not having a fun time hiking across, Mm -hmm. you know, across the Moranon, like, that plane. And, like, that's cool. Like, I like that they still depicted that and didn't just cut it because, like, that is an important part of the story. But, like, they could have shortened that a little bit and added just a, a touch of higher tension here. Yeah. Because, and that would have paired really well with Sam and Frodo needing for the forces of Gondor and Rohan. Yeah, needing to march a distraction. Exactly. Like it would have just heightened that need. Yeah, it would have been that, like,
0: guys, get it together. They're being chased.
1: Yes, exactly. Mm. And they could have done less talking about it and more just doing it, yeah. doing the dang thing.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, but that chapter leaves us kind of on a cliffhanger. With, it does. Uh, That's the other thing
1: I like about this subplot of theirs is there's a lot of cliffhangers. Like, there's a lot of, and I love that. Like, if you're reading this for the first time, the end of The Two Towers is such a cool cliffhanger. Like, I I can't imagine being in 1956 or 57 and having to wait months for the third book to come out. Like, oh, my God. Oh, Oh
0: my gosh. And now with, like, our binging culture, you know, like we yep. don't wait really um i feel like the last time i really had to wait for a book was like harry potter i know <laughs> right know? um and those never really had a cliffhanger you always had the end of, you got through the end of the school year
1: <laughs> yep yep um
0: <laughs> dang. the closest
1: we get is the deathly hollows but yeah and that's just like for a moment yeah, yeah.
0: right yeah but hmm. sam and Frodo is chock, chock full chock full of it full. yeah um so yeah, so uh, that's that's where this uh, chapter ends. So next time we're doing the Houses of Healing. I think next time we just we're hanging out in Gondor for a little bit because we're doing Houses of yeah. Healing and the last debate, which is when you know our friends, uh, Aragorn, like let's give him Gandalf, are trying to figure out their next move, how they will best uh, most be most helpful to Frodo and Sam um
1: such a good chapter i love it yeah both of those chapters are awesome
0: yeah and Mm -hmm. it's interesting because like both of these in the movie are like hot seconds you know yeah and they're full chapters so that'll that'll be fun
1: full chapters with lots of like complexity to them but again it's that lower tension moment Mm -hmm. there's like this longer span of time between the battle and and what happens at the gate yeah. Then the movies depicted.
0: So. Yeah, absolutely. Like every, I think that is also... At the same time, Like in the timeline in the back of the book, it's like things are happening fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, I think that Tolkien really wants you to have a sense of like things not being immediate. You know? like We have to sit in uncomfortable moments a lot of the yes. time. Like, what the hell are we going to do? Type of thing. Yeah. So, there's some of that here as well
1: there is for sure
0: i mean i know this might be one of our longest episodes ever but uh
1: <laughs> i called it <laughs> i knew it i knew i'd be a part of that
2: i'm sorry this was a big chapter though the tower of kirith on goal was a huge chapter that was Great. like completely like just skimmed over in the movies and Sam does not get his credit. Like they spent way too much time. I know that you said that already, but um, what showing orcs fighting, which I guess makes like that. So orcs fighting makes maybe for good cinema, but bad writing or yes. reading. And yes. whereas yes. these poignant moments make for much better reading than, than for cinematic moments. So
1: yes, that's a good point. And but I don't know like how long was that orc fight scene like well over 2 minutes I want to say it, it yeah. could have been 30 yeah, seconds especially
2: if you're watching the extended version yes which I which is the only version I know but same yeah. Yeah, same, <laughs> same. Yeah,
0: yeah it's um
1: how many like skulls getting crushed and people getting like pushed off the tower and like yeah, all right it, okay we get Exactly
0: it. I think it's like it would have been interesting to like have Sam kind of maybe walk in on, like, the last bit of it and then realizing, like, oh, everybody's dead. Um, Yeah, there, I mean, there's a lot of orc stuff, like, that gets cut out here that we didn't really get to talk about with, um, you know, Sam listening and him trying to sneak around. But they just, they just did not give the time for it. One of these days I'm going to go through and be like, how would I recut Lord of the Rings?
1: (laughs) Which I would love to hear your thoughts on because you've pointed out so many good things so far in the podcast series. But it also is just, like, evidence to me, like, this should have been a mini series,
0: Oh, yeah. At
1: least. You know, like... Just,
0: like, years of television, honestly. Which, I want to
1: say it was Belmont had this idea of, like, maybe if Rings of Power does well... Amazon will be oh, like
0: yeah, he did Screw say it. that.
1: Yeah, and I'm like I'm sold on that. Like if they if if they do not ruin this show, I don't think they will. But if like most people, both casual fans and Tolkien nerds yeah. like it, please. You have the rights to it. You might as well.
0: Right. I I think that that's, you know, an interesting idea because there are all these tiny moments that happen that don't make it into the movies, but absolutely feel appropriate for TV. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you could lean into more of what the book gives you in like the, in the way that it's structured with like the cliffhangers and stuff. You know, Um, you could have part of a season just focus on, you know, Aragorn and Gimli and Legolas and then cut to what, you know Frodo and Sam have been up to that whole time and then Cliffhanger until the next season, you know?
1: Yeah, or like a mid season, you know, like sometimes they yeah. do like a couple week break sometimes and like
0: mm-hmm.
1: Game of Thrones did that like expertly at least the first five six seasons did mm-hmm. and like I want more of that, like I, yeah. I and I hope we get that in Rings of Power for sure.
0: Yeah, that'll be uh, I'm excited. It's gonna I be am good. Too. I am too. It's gonna be good. All, I mean, all signs Point so to we're good. Like pretty good. Yeah, feel pretty good right now. So, uh, thank you so much for joining us, Nick. Thank you, yeah. Callie, for a bang up first episode on the team. And we will be back next time with Houses of Healing and the last debate, um, and more Return of the King Extended Edition. So, Woot. can't See
2: wait again. to hear it, guys!
0: Yay!